Welcome to Hispanic Marketing and Public Relations, HispanicMPR.com. This is Elena DelVal, and my guests are Abel Lopez, who is Associate Producing Director of Gala Hispanic Theater, and playwright Gustavo Ott from Venezuela. Today we will discuss the issues affecting Latinos in contemporary society and your Molotov Kisses, Gustavo's play. Abel is president of the Board of Directors of the Helen Hayes Awards and the National Association of Latino Arts and Culture, vice president of Americans for the Arts, and chair of the Creative Communities Initiative of the Community Foundation of the National Capital Region. He is chair emeritus of the D.C. Commission on the Arts and Humanities and immediate past president of Theater Communications Group, the National Service Organization for Professional Theaters, and the American Arts Alliance. Abel is a member of the Federal City Council and of the boards of directors of the following groups, the Association of Performing Arts Presenters, the Alliance for Inclusion in the Arts, In Series, and Black Women Playwrights Group, the Kennedy Center Community Board, the Latino Advisory Board of the Museum of American History of the Smithsonian Institution, and the Advisory Committee of the Playwrights Forum. Abel and Rebecca Reed Medrano spearheaded the $4 million capital campaign for the Gala Hispanic Theater and its new 274-seat theater in Washington, D.C. Productions he has directed have appeared at Gala, Horizons Theater, D.C. Arts Center, the John F. Kennedy Center for the Performing Arts, Source Theater, and the In-Series in Washington, D.C., as well as the Arizona Theater Company, among others. A graduate of the Harvard Law School, Abel is also a producer and frequent lecturer. Independently, he has produced presentations of Guillermo Gomez Pena, Los Muñequitos de Matanza, and Sergio Arau, an exhibition of contemporary Mexican visual artists. His speaking engagements include panel appearances before the American Critics Association, the American Bar Association, the National Theater Conference, the National Association of Artist Organization, the North Carolina Theater Conference, the National Critics Institute, and many others. Gustavo, born in Caracas, Venezuela in 1963, holds a Bachelor of Arts degree in Mass Communications from the Universidad Católica Andrés Bello in Caracas, Venezuela. In 1993, he was a participant in the International Writing Program at the University of Iowa. Twenty-two of Gustavo's plays have been staged in Venezuela, and 19 have been produced abroad in Spain, Italy, the United States, Peru, England, Argentina, Chile, Mexico, Costa Rica, Colombia, Brazil, Peru, Denmark, the Czech Republic, the Dominican Republic, and Puerto Rico. Divorces, Evangelists, and Vegetarians and Pavlov were translated into English by Raúl Moncada, while Minor Leagues, Whoever Said I Was a Good Girl, Fat Chicks, Passport, Stiffed, Eighty Teeth, Four Feet and Five Hundred Pounds, Two Loves and a Creature, and Your Molotov Kisses were translated by Heather McKay. Gustavo was selected in 2002 by the Joseph Papp Public Theater in New York for the program New York Now, directed by Tlaloc Rivas. In 2003, the public theater chose another of his plays, Two Loves and a Creature, for the same program, while La Mousson d'Ete selected Photomaton for their Mousson à Paris program in La Comédie Française in Paris for May 2003, directed by Michel Didim. His plays have been translated into several languages, including Italian, Portuguese, Hungarian, German, French, Czech, Russian, and Polish. Abel and Gustavo, welcome. Thank you. Thank you. It is a pleasure having you join us, Abel from Washington, D.C., and Gustavo, I know that although you are in Washington today, you normally live in Venezuela, is that right? Yes. yes. So welcome. We're talking about a very broad topic today, issues affecting Latinos in contemporary society. And one of the things that comes to my mind, because it's such a hot topic right now, is, of course, the topic of immigration. 
and in the news most recently is the campaign from the National Council of La Raza, a nonprofit immigration and other issue vocal organization that is talking about the issue of hate and how cable news in particular, they argue, is fomenting hate toward Latinos. They mention a couple of examples, one of which I was not familiar. They talk about a radio show in which the commentator talked about a factory that takes the bodies of Mexican illegal immigrants and turns them into a fuel called Mexinol. And someone else who talked about the greatest invasion in human history coming across your southern border, I'm quoting, changing the composition and the character of your country. These are all comments made during cable programs by leading journalists. And another comment that they highlight is a guest on the Lou Dobbs Tonight program on CNN who said that because of illegal immigration, there had been 7,000 cases of leprosy. In fact, there had been 7,000 cases of leprosy in 30 years, not three years, which is what the commentator had said. And the peak of the leprosy had been in 1983, well before the largest waves of immigration had taken place from Mexico and other parts of Latin America. So with that hot topic, I ask you if you would comment on the issues of Latinos, affecting Latinos in contemporary society. This is Abel. Um, I think, I mean, certainly I, with respect to the, the particular campaign that you just referenced, um, I think that, you know, there are certainly depictions of Latinos both in broadcast or in print media that many in this country are not particularly very pleased with, and certainly this campaign that begins to address that I think is, is laudable and is important and significant. I think when you don't have the full picture of who a person is or a who a group of people are, that that's really where much of the, the, the damage, if you will, can be is created and caused. I think in, through the arts, I think, in particular if you look at an organi a theater organization like GALA or other theaters and arts organizations, Latino arts organizations from around the country, you begin to see that through the scope of our work, we really look at the wholeness of what the Latino, who the Latino is, as well as you know particular cultures. I think that even in the topic of immigration, one has to look at that we're not all Latinos of the same kind that are coming forth. We're not all Mexicans that are maybe immigrating. There are people from Central America, from South America, that are also coming. So the creation or the the mischaracterization as to who people are, I think, is is very damageable to a whole group of people, and particularly this country who, you know, prides itself on being an immigrant country, uh, started by immigrants. However, going back to the, the question of, you know, the depiction, that's why arts and culture are really important. The kind of work that we do at GALA, like other theater organizations or other Latino arts organizations around the country, look at the full range of who the Latino is. In doing that, we also look at the various cultures that exist within the Latino community because we are not all of the same culture. You know, we have our different um, playwrights. We have our different painters. We have different composers. You know, we have different cultural experiences that define who we are as, as Mexicans, as, as Salvadorians, as Venezuelans, as Colombians, as, as Argentines. So to, to just present a, peop a group of people as, as if they were one all in the same is first of all misleading and inaccurate. So the, the question of how we, particularly Gala, uses theater and art to really explore what the Latino identity is. And in looking at the Latino identity, it's not always to, to celebrate just the goodness of who we are and, and the wonderful qualities we have, but also to look at some and explore those questions where we also have perhaps um, opinions of feelings that also are reflected in the general society that are not necessarily so um, complementary. In, in any case, we have to understand that right now we are uh, witnessing the, the, um, the ideology of fear that it's uh, maybe the easiest way to control power. The media, mo most, most groups, and politicians especially, knows that through fear they can gain a lot of power. And you can certainly uh, 
inject a lot of fear using top issues like the environment, for example, terrorism, and definitely immigration. But you can see the agenda behind this kind of, 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 of um, topics that, for example, you can see in, in programs like LUDOPS, for example, that they are using the, the fear element in order to convince people and not with, with real arguments, but just fear, just to, to make people scared of what's going on in the world. Do you think that this demonizing is, in, in fact, a political tool that people are taking advantage of to use Latinos as a scapegoat? It works already. It works with the war, for example. Remember how we uh, built a whole um, opinion in favor of the war just using fear in order to... to, to to sign the agenda um, to invade to invade Iraq, and the same thing is happening right now with the, with immigration, especially when the election goes to to the final step between the two main parties. Immigration is going to be used as a tool, especially against the Democrats. Yeah, and I think uh, you know to echo what Gustavo said. I mean, I think even in the the regional area around D.C., you've seen you know the the movement of municipalities or counties in particular in Virginia to look at this issue and to use the immigrant you know to, uh, in a very in my view a destructive and, and negative manner which has become very political you know is you know try, denying uh, residents you know certain benefits uh, within their their uh, geographic jurisdictions or political jurisdictions so yes I do think that it's been uh, it's been used in a negative way within the political system it's interesting that you talk about municipalities and, and regions taking matters into their own hands because one of the items that has come to the forefront of the, that regional effort in the early part of 2008 is Arizona passing a law that penalizes employers who knowingly hire undocumented immigrants. Do you think that this is a continuing trend? Well, that trend has been there. I mean, that has a history. I mean, it's not it's not a uh, relatively new uh, tactic to use. I mean, that has been used before in previous uh, you know, decades as well. So, it, you know, certainly is it a trend now? Is it being used again? Yes, it's beginning to be used more and more. And certainly see where jurisdictions across the country are. And it's not speaking just the D.C. area. It's not just in the D.C. area. I mean, just recently was something in the Times about others out in the Midwest, you know, looking at or considering um, similar ordinances. So is it a trend? Yes. Is it because of politics? In my view, yes. One of the effects that people are speculating is going to result from this new statewide legislation in Arizona is that a lot of people are going to leave the state because obviously there are anti-immigrant policies and anti-immigrant people and so that many of these people who are undocumented are going to leave the state and that this is going to have a social and economic impact. What are your thoughts in relation to these issues and how they affect Latinos in today's society? Well, I, I, I mean, to, to your point, I mean, it, I, even in this area here, and it's all anecdotal, you know, reading a, an, our, uh, a story in the Washington Post about the impact that it's had in, in one of the Virginia counties where business, business has dropped in areas, certain areas where they've passed uh, one of these ordinances or um, laws, you know, where people are not shopping there. They're leaving the county. They're looking to move to another state, to North Carolina or other, or other states that's where they feel more welcome or more safe. Does it continue to perpetuate the feeling of other, you know, within our own borders? Yes. You know, does it does it create divisions that 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 create other issues? Yes. Um, so it's it's not, in my view, it's not the best time. And again, given what, what our stat, stature internationally, this is not the time, the best time, I think, for the country to be projecting itself as a country of openness or a country that welcomes diversity. So I think it's problematic. It's a very problematic time for the country about how it looks at itself as a country, as a people, as a culture. 
and its standing in the world, you know, where, where in the past I think we were perceived as a place, as a beacon of hope. I'm not sure that we have the same kind of standing in the world today. The, the idea of, of, of a country that, that gives the whole um, idea of openness and, 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 and welcome to the, to the immigrants, and, and, and also the moral values of Christianity that suddenly um, got uh, very inconvenient. I mean, how would you, as a Christian, deal with immigration? And, and there, there's a, a moral and dilemma that I think, I think the society has to, to learn how to, to face. What role do you see the arts playing with these issues? Is there a way to help society, and Latinos in particular, express and, and deal with these difficult issues that are causing tension and a lot of other side effects? Um, I'll, I can go first, I guess. Yes. Um, I think there's a great role. I mean, this is a role that, you know, arts organizations have, have always played in society as far as using whatever the discipline are. In, in our particular case, it's theater, although we also present music, dance, poetry, um, spoken word, hip-hop. Um, but theater has, in our case, I think theater has always really reflected the, uh, you know, what's happening in, in a community, in a, in a society. And it's been a mirror to us to look at ourselves, you know, to not only to look at, you know, and celebrate what is good about us, but to look at those issues where I think that we sometimes fail to fully acknowledge and explore. I think for us as, as a gala uh, in, in this country and in D.C., which is an international city, I think, you know, we, we specifically look at theater to, to um, really explore the differences and, and contributions of the Latino community or Latinos to, to, to the world dramaturgy, um, to also look at the issues and how they affect us. Uh, even though, we again, we come from different countries and we come from different cultures, you know, how do we look at immigration even within? How do we look at race within our own, the Latino community? You know, how do we look at the issue of class in our own community? And I think, so, in addition to looking at ourselves and, and projecting who we are to a larger non-Latino community or Spanish-speaking community, it is also to turn that mirror back onto ourselves and say, who are we? even in these various countries, and how does this particular issue address you know, what's happening in our countries or what, what happened and what is happening today and what might happen tomorrow. So the arts, I think, have always been that, that stimulus and, and, and reflection and the idea of reflection and, and provocation as well, you know, that sometimes puts an issue out on the table and say, you know what, this is something we need to deal with. And that's always been the role of the artist. Sometimes it's well accepted, sometimes it's not. And one can look at not only the substance of the, of the commentary, but also the execution of the work itself, you know, so people can land on different places at the, on, on, on those points. But as, 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 as Gala is, is looking at, at, at who we are, not only to, to preserve our culture and to promote it among Latinos, but also to, to encourage and to stimulate dialogue among Latinos about these very issues that the general society you know, deals with as well. There's also a, a, a new, a new audiences, a new, a new change in the in audiences everywhere. The the new century started with with a lot of doubt, not like for example the 20th century started with a lot of hope. Uh, in, in 1900, for example, people were very excited about the new century to come. They have a lot of hope in medicine, in economy, in in, in the end of war. They thought, and, and but now in this 21st century. Uh, audiences around the world are starting to doubt about about what's going to happen in the next hundred years, and they are asking for more to 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 the arts. Um, you can see that in the movies, for example, in the cinema, in the TV. Issues are very important right now. Everybody is talking about the main issues more than the story or more than the characters. So the the acting theater has a, a lot of to do right now with this new kind of, of, of audiences that are asking for more than just entertainment. And definitely Hispanic theater in this country uh, has a lot of issues to, to, to deal with. And, um, and I think it's a wonderful time to be a writer and an artist because it's a wonderful time to think more than to entertain. 
and, and uh, you said something really interesting, Gustavo, which I think is particularly important these days with the Latino community in this country, and that is the whole issue of language. You know, if you look at the studies that come out of the Hispanic uh, uh, Pew, uh, what's it, the Hispanic Research Center for Pew, at the Pew Center here mm -hmm. in D.C.? The Pew Hispanic Center. Yeah, exactly, and they look at, you know, the, the issue of language, and by the, you know, the second or third generation, you know, the you know, the Latinos here are already English-speaking. And so I think that, you know, what was coming out of particularly the, the U.S. Latino community as well um, is, is the, how one uses language and Spanglish in the work itself. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, we're not, in, at least in this country, even though Spanish is becoming more dominant as a language and stuff, if we look at our own community, and each, if, even in the immigrant community, second and third generation. And so what is going to be the impact on how work is produced and how work is written, at least by Latinos in this country? And so it's an interesting question because it, language sometimes goes to the very essence. It's another one of those points of essence of who we are as, an, as, as, a, as a people. Yeah, yes. We still have a lot to do. We, ha we I remember people talking about the, the possibilities of the Hispanic community being uh, the larger minority in this country. But also, the, the numbers are not enough. I mean, we need to have our own uh, jazz uh, as, as, a ma as a way of expression. We need to have our, our own um, um, civil rights movements. We need to have our own Martin Luther King. We need to, to have our own uh, Nobel Prize of Literature. So I think there's also another fight that, that the Hispanic community has to do. And it's also a fight with ourselves. Now that's an interesting point that you bring because if we look at this issue of immigration and hate and divisiveness that we were talking about at the beginning, and we look within ourselves as Hispanics, we can see historically that there are very significant and sometimes less significant differences between Hispanics of different cultures, different countries, different socioeconomic strata, and those tend to be emphasized perhaps more in Latin America than they have been historically in the United States. So how can we reconcile the differences that we as Latin Americans have historically faced and focused on with this sense of unity that we're emphasizing in the United States? Well, this is where I think, and I'll be interesting to hear what Gustavo Sassar, you know, as a Latin American who comes back and forth to this country all the time because of his production and producing of his plays here, you know, by other theaters, including Gala. But I think that this is where, again, in using Gala as an example in, um, uh, in, in D.C., but I think other Latino arts organizations play the same role where there is a large Hispanic-American or Latin-American a community or population within their 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 uh, cities or metropolitan areas that are very diverse as far as the Latinos and stuff. And I think this is again where we have used the work that we produce to 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 inform Latinos of each other's cultures. Um, so it does become a platform where we you know where people from one Latin American country and including actually almost as if it would be the U.S. were another Latin American country by looking at his Latino population that way, is that even the Latino population in this country has has diversity and has different expressions. You know, the Puerto Rican community that's U.S.-based, uh, the, the Mexican community that's U.S.-based, the Mexican-American community that's U.S.-based, the Cuban-American community that's U.S.-based. We all have different perspectives as well. So even within the U.S., there are those distinctions. But it, it is through looking at how we, the art that we present and that we produce, that encourages this cross-cultural uh, communication and learning about each other's cultures that can be the basis, I think, for understanding whether we'll ever achieve unity. I'm not sure, you know, that there will, and uh, it wouldn't be my personal desire that we all, you know, have the same political thought necessarily or the same stance, you know, but the idea that we see our, and recognize and value our culture, yeah, that, that is something that is important to me, and that can be seen how we produce and how we see our work and who does the work. You know, and I think as Latino organizations that is in this country, that we provide the platform where it is the authentic voice of what that playwright or what that composer or what that visual artist is presenting and speaks for him or herself. 
Gustavo, did you want to talk about the uh, Latin American issue? Oh, I'm sorry. The, the, um, yes, the, the idea of immigration in Latin America, maybe, is, of course it's linked to economy and poverty. But uh, the, the, um, between the, the countries, especially in the south, and, and from Venezuela to Argentina, immigration, even, it, even though it is a problem, it's not a, the, the main issue right now in, in Latin America. Uh, we know that, that countries like Argentina and Chile, for example, are becoming a magnet for immigration from other countries around the area. But, and Brazil is also becoming a very interest, uh, 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 as a focus of interest for, for immigration. But it's not the main issue. The issue here is also uh, political and more relevant, I think, than the immigration in Latin America. Because if if we use as a as a as a tool as a, for 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 manipulating uh, the, the uses of power, but uh, the, in Latin America, I think the issue of of poverty is becoming more and more um, important, and especially the idea that the continent, even though we are trying almost every model in economical the economical model, we try almost all of them. Uh, none of them seems to, to work. And the country has been, uh, the, the, the area has been in the last 40, 50 years um, submerged in poverty and injustice. And, of, and recently, the absence of freedom. So those issues are more important right now than immigration in Latin America. But of course, I understand that in America, uh, immigration, terrorism, and environment are becoming the main uh, topics. And they, they have to be the main topics in the next in the next years. Although I think, Gustavo, at least for, for one of the candidates, the recent candidates, John Edwards, mm-hmm. poverty is an issue. It's yeah. been a definite issue, and I, I, it could be becoming more of an issue in this country. I think, and that I, in the view of many people in the last you know few years, they know that the that the gulf between the haves and the have-nots in this country has grown. Oh, yeah. It's a pity that you, yeah, it's it is a pity that Americans are not dealing with with that issue more, right. with more passion. Well, uh, after Katrina, those images exactly. are still following the, the conscious of this country. And, and definitely, if we, from abroad, we realize the true meaning of, of what's going on in, in the system here. So that definitely, that, that's one of the most important issues to me, but apparently it's not the main issue right now. Going back to the arts and the role that it plays for you as a theater man, Abel, at Gala Theater, mm-hmm. and Gustavo, for you as a playwright, how can you bring those issues to the forefront using your God-given talents, as it were, and, and how does the audience respond when you do? Well, I, I'll give uh, just a broad overview of how we've addressed it at Gala. Uh, in, in a number of ways, and then we can you know, talk, uh, talk can, can speak as well, and then I think we can talk about Gustavo's project at Gala, because that actually talks, <laughs> I think it really addresses many of the things we've been talking about. Yeah. Um, but um, as I mentioned earlier in our conversations that, um, you know, in what we present, in addition to theater, we look at hip-hop and uh, spoken word and music and dance, and when we look at the kind of theater that we produce from the classical, you know, Spanish from Lope de Vega, Calderón de la Barca, you know, to contemporary you know, artists like Guillermo Gómez Peña, Elia Arce, uh, you know, performance artists. You know, they all, one, the, the classics were dealing with you know, a particular style and, and type of writing, uh, nevertheless dealing with some issues you know, of honor, particularly the Spanish you know, classical you know, honor is always a big deal. Um, but if you look at some of the contemporary work that we produce and some of the contemporary artists, you know, they're dealing with these issues. You know, Guillermo was dealing with the issue of immigration way back in the 1990s. Um, so this is not something we've shied away. We recently uh, commissioned um, the, a play that looks at the Salvadorian community called La Baurnada, uh, The Hidden Journey, by Hugo Medrano, who's the founder and artistic director of Gala. And um, so we've, we've looked at these issues in a number of ways over the years, uh, and, and in both English and in Spanish, and looking at these issues even within Latin America. We, we produced a play called Made in the News by an Argentine playwright that looked at you know, an Argentinian family living in Philadelphia and then go, tried to go back to, to, to Buenos Aires you know, uh, after the change there. And so it, it's 
it's something that's important to us because, again, it, it, it's what's happening in our own communities, whether the community is Washington, D.C., or Buenos Aires, or Caracas, or, or you know, Mexico, or El Salvador. So it's important for us to do look not just at the classics, but look at what's happening today. Uh, in contemporary, with a contemporary artist, you know, it's been also look, going back to touch on the issue of language, where it's both in English and Spanish and Spanglish. Uh, we just presented um, uh, another commission of a, of a young um, hip-hop artist of, uh, and rap artist from Cuba and a Cuban-Mexican artist from the Bay Area called Representa, which looked at the issue of of a Cuban leaving Cuba, you know, now in the U.S. trying to live as an artist, and this Cuban, young Cuban-Mexican guy trying to go back to Cuba to his roots and stuff. So, again, these issues of, that cut across, um, you know, the, the various borders we all live in. So we've kind of looked at this for a long time. And with Gustavo's work, you know, and I'll let him touch on that, you know, we started producing Gustavo's work more than 10 years ago yeah. in, in looking at his work because of... One, I mean, I just happen to have been the one so far that directed all his plays at Gala and stuff. But and I, I go back to because he's looking at what I consider to be contemporary issues that that are maybe reflected not only in Venezuela but Latin America and the U.S. Yeah. Our last production actually talks about a Hispanic couple in America that is dealing with intolerance and prejudice through language. So I think that that's one uh, another issue that, that that is important for the Hispanic community, the idea of reflecting not only uh, the society you want to melt in, but also the the prejudice and uh, and um, and the evils that that society also has. And sometimes you also uh, get uh, not only the good things from the society you are, you are trying to get in, but also the worst of it. Let's talk a little bit about your new play that is showing at the Gala Theater, Gustavo. Would you tell us about your Molotov Kisses? Yeah, it's it's a it's a play that I wrote like four years ago, and uh, uh, it's a it's a play about a couple, a Hispanic couple, trying to to have a kid, trying to have a baby. But also, it's a it's a it's a story of success in the middle of a society that they're trying to reward not only the good and and and, and the right and the right thing to do but also rewards the 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 bad ways and rewards the the uses of of intolerance and, and prejudice. I mean in the in the idea that as far as you can get in in, in a society where your 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 soul is in the size of your pocket and your wallet. So this this play I think is kind of of, of, of interesting for the community here because it talks about yourself, but to also talks about the idea that the melting pot could be also uh, melting hell. Melting hell. <laughs> yeah. Melting hell. Why? So this is where the word Molotov comes from. Yeah, it's also like a bomb, you know. The idea that you can hurt people using language. I mean, you can you can um, destroy uh, other people's lives only through words, without even being violent at all. Words are uh, um, kind of knife, and um, like Shakespeare pointed out. So the the play also uses language in order to 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 realize the true meaning of. Uh, Sometimes of marriage as a contract, but again uh, the the uses of of, of intolerance and, uh, and prejudice in in a society that seems to be rewarding bad and 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 and, and the wars of us. Is it in English or in Spanish? This particular production is in Spanish and with English subtitles, but you know there is an English translation, and I know it has been produced in English here in the states before. No, no, no. Oh, this is the first production. produced it in Spanish. Uh, it, this is the first production, actually. Oh. That, yeah, in English it was read by the. Oh, it read. Yeah, it was read by the Kitchen Dog Theater in Dallas, and and but this is the first production in English oh, here in this country. So you are my first director. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I looked at it again this is the, the fourth or fifth production that I've directed of uh, Gustavo's work 
Um, and I looked at this particular production because of the, the issues that, that uh, Gustavo just mentioned. And I was also taken by the fact that here is in a, a very, you know, urbane, you know, socially conscious or, or couple or appears to be socially socially conscious couple, um, very successful in their lives that, you know, that that is, you know, uh, also Latinos, you know, in our in this country also or in any major Latin American country look like these people, you know, very successful. But they have these other opinions that are not necessarily known by people. You know, they're very private and and that these words they use and these thoughts that they have are very hurtful to others. But they, if they were to be known, it would rip their standing. And if you look at this country as well, if you look at our own political system, and you see how things that are said in the past that people have said come back, come back to them in the, in the present, it changes their lives and where they stand. So that, that whole thing about the past and people's past beliefs and opinions come back and actions come back and you know they they become risky in, in present day society. Gustavo, if I understood correctly, this is the US premiere of uh, your Molotov kisses? Yeah, yeah, this is the Molotov the the, the the US premiere. The play opens in Spain uh, three years ago, then was produced in Argentina, Portugal. Uh, it it opens in Switzerland in next month. Uh, I mean, it's being produced a, a lot outside uh, Venezuela, but this is the first pr uh, uh, production here in America. And I'm very, very glad because this is this is the place where the play should be uh, made because it takes place here. It takes place here and also talks about the community, the Hispanic community. So, uh, of course, I'm kind of proud. I, I'm very, very happy that Gala chooses this play to 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 produce it here. And uh, it also talks about what we call um, everyday fascism through language, you know. Sometimes you say things that hurt people, but you don't know you're hurting them. You know, very, very simple things in the coffee shop, during lunch, uh, in, in, your, in your workplace. You said things that hurt others. And the play deals with that. The idea that we hide things that are very violent, that we learn from family, and we use it in, 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 in our everyday lives. And sometimes what we learn in family, inside doors, become very dangerous when we are uh, in close to power. Can you give us an example of what you have in mind? Well, for example, um, racism. Um, sometimes you said just a few words, you know, that you learn in home, and then you, you hear your father saying something about somebody. And then you develop that through language, and you repeat it yourself around, you know, in, in school or in your workplace. But once you are in power, once you have the, the power of decision, those words are still there, you know. And it makes you more uh, likable to do something that you shouldn't do. Uh, I think words determine our actions, and, and we have to be very careful the words we choose to communicate our feelings and our opinions. How are the audiences responding to the play in those places where it has already shown? What kinds of feedback have you been getting, Gustavo? Yeah, well, prejudice is, is kind of an a, a international evil. The, in Mexico, for example, uh, it, it has a very long run in Mexico City, and they were talking about the idea of the uh, upper class looking down to the to the lower class in Mexico, and they uh, approach to the play as a class play. You know, it, it's a play about an upper class against against the, the lower class. And I think they were right. They tried to understand the play into the Mexican context. They were, they did not talk about the Hispanic issues, of course. In Argentina, uh, it was a play about betrayal, betrayal of of concepts and and and. And philosophy, and I think it was it was a, a very interesting thing to do in Spain. As we know, there's a growing uh, ra racism and, and, and intolerance against foreigners. So, uh, of course, the play was it, it is still on actually in Spain. It was understood in in that way. So I think the play really um, it, uh, deals with a very important issue that that it's um, developing everywhere. 
Of course, in America, it's more important because the play takes place here. Physically, it takes place here. But um, I, I'm very surprised that most of these countries and most of these productions are doing the play, and they understand the play on their own uh, environment. I mean, they adapt it. In Colombia, for example, it's going to be open in two months. And, of course, the issues of war, the war inside Colombia, uh, plays a role in the play. So, uh, I mean, as a playwright, of course, you have to be happy that, that people understand your play as their own and not as something that has to be adapted from, from somebody else's uh, context. And which is, that, that's a, a, a big reward for you as a writer. And I think what makes this um, also accessible, if you will, in dealing with, I think, with topics that are both provocative and, and can, can stimulate a lot of uh, uh, discussion and, and angst is, is that, you know, the, you know, Gustavo develops characters that you, know, you can see yourself in, and, and that's somewhat enticing. And you enjoy them at, at the beginning, and you begin to see, you know, you, you know they're smart, they're witty, um, and then you've slowly revealed, you know, who, what their true, their true thoughts are, and it becomes bothersome. I think it can make uh, make an audience think and, and become uncomfortable um, in a good way. And then I think that that's the role of theater. I mean, that's a very good role of theater when can make you think and make you wonder uh, why did I laugh at something that is hurtful? Yeah, I remember, for example, in the first performance here in Washington two days ago, the, there's a line in the play about minorities that the wife uh, said to the husband, well, that, that sounds minority. They're Hispanics, of course. And he said, no, minority is somebody who just don't have money. If you have money, you're not a minority, even if you're Hispanic. And, and I remember hearing in the audience uh, somebody who said that, I know that character. I, I, I know somebody who said these things. And uh, also there's the, the, that, that line from the female character that she's trying to portrait herself as one of the, uh, as, a, as a white American. And she said, well, if you look at me in the streets, I look like one of them. You know, and she's very proud of that. She's very proud that she doesn't look Hispanic at all. And, uh, and also the audience said, well, she's like you. She said, one, one of the girls tells to the other in the audience. So you can see how, how these this dialogues are extracted from everyday people talking. But also what seems to be a normal chat, it's also full of violence. When you said somebody that, that you look like them, that you, are not, you don't want to look what, the, in the way you are, of course, you're also insulting the others, and you are being very aggressive to your own community. What was your inspiration, Gustavo, for the play? <laughs> well, people, really. <laughs> I, I, I spent a lot of time in America, and my wife is American, so um, we spent some time in, in Florida. And uh, my neighbor um, received a package, 10 years old, from Federal Express. It was lost. And then after 10 years, he received the package. And then from that situation, I started the play. Uh, the idea that the past comes to you, you know, without any warning. And the idea that when the past goes after you, your identity suddenly uh, emerge, your real identity. You can portray yourself as something, but what you really are has to be pushed into the stream. So, so um, that's how the play started with that situation, and of course my my uh, my worries and and, and, and and attention about the, the Hispanic um, task and and, and Hispanic um, how would you say the retos challenges challenges I'm sorry yeah challenges and 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 prejudice of course. What kind of a reaction, well, you've already seen some of the reaction because the play already opened, but what kind of a reaction did you get so far, and what are you anticipating in the coming weeks for the play here in the United States? Well, I'm hopeful that the audiences are going to come. Um, I think, uh, uh, you know, the, there's a part of our audiences that knows Gustavo's work, and I think those people will come. To, to see because they you know they're interested in seeing uh, his 
one of his newest plays. Uh, so that's good. I also am hopeful that um, that the the piece will make people think about ourselves and 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 not think that we don't have those those opinions and those thoughts. I I don't think we should have them, but that they actually do exist within our community. The issues of race, you know, that you know, people comment about skin color within our own community. The I think issue of class has become a bigger issue in the Latino community. You know, this really ties back to immigration, even within our own community. Those Latinos who have, you know, who now have achieved some sort of success, you know, what are their views about the most recent immigrants? How do they see themselves being caught up in this, you know, this, this, this depiction of all Latinos being, you know, recent immigrants, and, you know, they're just a drain on society? You know, how, what's their feelings? You know, how do they react, or do they make the, the immigrant the other also? So I'm hopeful that the play will, will you know, stimulate people to think uh, and provoke them to think, and I, and ultimately to, to, to encourage dialogue, um, because I think that's the capacity of theaters to encourage dialogue. Is, is that your hope, Gustavo? Well, yes, yeah, definitely. That, that's, that's the main task of the play, uh, the idea that, that we can we can deal with very intimate issues and that, that issue that we may not be able to to deal through another another um, media um, you see when we portray ourselves in, in a society like like the American society uh, we tend to see us as a victim and but also there's a strong and very important part of us that are victimary and we have to deal with that. We have to, to recognize the, the evil and the, the ideas that we also bring from Latin America, that we try to, to live with them here. Racism in Latin America is there. We live with that. And, and you can feel it almost everywhere. The ideas in intolerance in Venezuela, you can feel that, that right now, intolerance, you know. Um, families divided because of the political issues going on over there. So I think we have to deal with them. And, and not only with this play, but many, many works of art right now in, in Hispanic artists here in this country are trying to deal with these issues. Would you say that the average Latino is a theater goer, or would you say perhaps that theater goers tend to be the influencers, some of the people who are willing to listen to this dialogue and who might further the discussion? Um, well, I, I, you know, let's, because I would speak for the Latin American, you know, theater goer, but as far as Latino in the U.S., I think that as the, the non-Latino theaters, we're all struggling with the issue of audience development and, and creating traditions of going to the theater. Um, there are, you know, Latinos in our country that go to the theater. There are Latinos in this country who support the arts. Um, but we are all in the arts community facing the greater question of developing philanthropists and support for the arts in general, as well as you know, for people who participate. That is why we are such firm supporters of arts and education programs. Because if you're not exposed to the arts at a young age, it's very difficult to become one later in life. Not to say it doesn't happen, but the appreciation of, of, art, of art and and, and participation in the arts really is stimulated by participation at an early age. And we can certainly point to the be economic benefits of, of, art, of the arts have on a community. And we can speak to the quality of life uh, issues that the, you know, that the arts bring, or cultural art organizations bring to, to the vitality of the community. But if you don't experience the art at a young age, and you, know, you don't fully develop as, as a complete uh, thinker, a complete person, you know, your mathematical skills are not as heightened, you know, your capacity to analyze or not. So arts and education programs are really important because of the impact that they have on participation in the arts later in life. So we're struggling, all arts organizations in this country are struggling with the issue of how do we develop the next generation, the new generations of, of theater participants and arts participants as well. Um, and in the Latino community, we're no different in that. Clearly, you know, the issue of price and, and accessibility of the arts are, are, are important to, to make sure that they're accessible to all sectors of the community. 
we at GALA, you know, we have a variety of programs to engage the community to make certain that no one who wants to come to the theater is turned away. That's important because we want people to recognize the value of the arts in their lives and their communities and the potential that it has to create a whole human being. In Latin America, we have right now more audience than before. The audiences are increasing uh, almost everywhere. You can see cities like Buenos Aires or Santiago or Mexico City, especially Mexico City, where the attendance to the theater is, is being rocket. I mean, it's, it's incredible how how the, the audiences are filling the theaters. In Caracas also, which is uh, not a main capital for theater, but also we have a very strong audience. Because I think that in theater you can say things that you can't say in another media. I mean, we can deal with issues in a way that you can do that you can do it in TV or, or, or press or, or even movies. So and the idea that the audience is there, alive, witnessing what's going on, that you can they can be part of what's going on through the reaction, you know, of, of the story. I think that that's more appealing to the audiences. Audiences are coming back to the theater in Latin America. And and that's that's good news definitely. Um, don't forget that very important issues, for example, like globalization or the prison, the the Guantanamo um, problem, were dealt first by theater. The the old globalization movement started in a theater in Austria uh, almost 20 years ago, and and uh, the news about Guantanamo were. Um, What would you say, Abel, 
looking at the profile of the group Artistas Latinoamericanos, or Gala Theater, what would you say is the profile of your audience? What is the typical theater goer like? Our audience is 65 to 70% Latino, mm -hmm. about um, 25 or so of, uh, or the rest is not Latino, but within that, you know, the larger population would be, you know, wider Caucasian, and then a, a smaller part would be African American, about that 25 to 30 percent. Our, our audiences are predominantly Latino. Are they highly educated? Are they affluent? Are they? They, I'd say, they're middle class. Middle class. Uh, you know, they again the reflection of this community. I mean, some programs draw from one sector more than the other. In in many ways, that's if you probably look at the demographics of our of our our audiences, is no different than quote the white theaters in the city. They just happen to be Latino, educated. You know, tradition of going to theater. Uh, but, you know, we have strong participation from other sectors in some of our other programs, in our youth program as well, uh, both in, for children, you know, families, you know, from all economic sectors to come to that. Um, our youth program, you know, has really worked with kids in middle schools and high schools, uh, which reflects a, a larger um, uh, demographic of the Latino population. Would you say that theater in general and Latino-oriented theater in particular has a multiplier effect. Yes, and, and I think it's just, it, it has a multiplier effect in our own community, but it's becoming that, uh, in, at least in this country, just is, there's more collaboration now between Latino theaters and organizations, whether it's with Pegones in New York, uh, or Teatro Vision in, in, uh, in, uh, in San Jose, or Su Teatro in Denver. Um, you know, that we're looking in also how can we learn from in our own communities and assist each other in, in developing our, our audiences and how can we share our audiences around the country as well. So it's, it, so it's become more national, it's not just local, but it definitely has to local. You know, when we first started, there were no Latino theaters. And when Hugo and Rebecca founded Gala, you know, 32 years ago, there were no Latino uh, arts organizations. Oh, well, there were no professional Latino arts organizations. I can't say there were no Latino arts, because there are a lot of community organizations and, and arts groups within cultural groups, you know, whether they're dance or music within our communities that reflect the various countries of Latin America and the DC area. So there were, there's always been the arts. It's not to say that, but there was not a professional company. Since we've been here, since Scala was first founded 32 years ago, you know, there's another Latino theater company here as well um, that came out of Gala. You know, we work closely with them. You know, there are dance companies. There are several dance, Latino dance companies. There is a you know large Latino visual arts community. Um, a, a community of poets, so it's it, it's really grown as far, as, and that's why you know the the impetus for Gala, which was a group of Latino artists coming together to form as a collective, but it began to focus on theater shortly after its founding. What would you say about the importance of reaching Latino communities through the arts? This is for both of you, Abel and Gustavo. What is the role of the arts in today's Latino society? Uh, well, I'm, of course, I, don't, I, I work in Venezuela, I work in, in Caracas, so, uh, but I work in a community, um, a working class community in, in Caracas, in, in the area of San Martin. And, and theater over there has a, a, a lot of, of influence in our community, not only in the artistic or, or about the issues that people need to, to to talk about, but also in the in the idea that theater also educates, not only through art, but but um, about almost anything. For example, Teatro San Martin uh, teaches um, give workshops about um, normal professions like I don't know. Uh, skills like learning English, for example, things like people need to live. So if you tell people, uh, you show people that theater, the building, and but also the programs that you, you develop in that building, in that space, have to do with their lives, that really improve the quality of their lives. So I think we're gaining not only in our audience, but also somebody who, who rely in the theater and rely on, on, on the issues you are telling them. And, and, and they're also becoming your friends, you know. 
so I think theater has uh, the, the the task now for, for next next years to be uh, more in touch with the with with our audiences, not only as a as a receptor of our our meanings, our 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 message, but also as our friends. Yeah, and I would echo. I mean, even in, in, in here, that here in in in, in D.C., you know, the gala and and like organizations and communities across the country, uh, that we're not only a an arts organization or a cultural organization. We're a community organization. We're a community resource and asset that serves a variety of functions. You may come to Gala to, to reflect on a piece of art, you know, in the, in, whether it's by a playwright or a musician or a dancer, um, to be entertained sometimes, not even to, to think, but just the pure entertainment. Mm -hmm. um, but we also serve that role of being an educational uh, organization in our community. You know, we're working with youth, whether and it's not just about learning the skills of to becoming an artist or a technician in the in the, in the theater, but really about what you can learn to apply in life as well. You know, analytical skills, the ability to communicate, to to you know conflict resolution, um, you know, to stay in school, you know, and to and, and to, to you know get an education. You know, these are these are ideas and concepts that you get and values that you know that we want to continue to instill in young people, well, you know, to reach out to the elderly, you know, to keep them involved, you know, to be active citizens and, and residents in their community. So we're a community resource. I think another important role that we play is, is that we are in many ways part of the physical landscape of the city since we uh, opened our new space of 274 seats here. You know, we've been in this community for 32 years. Prior to that, we've been in various spaces around the city. Now we have really what is a permanent home for us. That's important not only to Gala, but also to the community. When you go down 14th Street or up 14th Street in Washington, and you see the Gala the space, you know you're, you're a physical part of this community. It's a physical representation of our existence in this community. You know that we're a community asset, we're a community center, we're a community resource. And that it's not just about the arts, but it is about the reflection of who we are and what this community is, and that we are Latinos in this community and we are part of this community. Not a part from the community, but a part of the community. If you had an opportunity to sit face to face or to have someone listen to you who is in a position to support your work, Gustavo, to provide funding for Gala Theater, ABLE, and who was trying to decide between several alternatives, a movie, film production, documentary, another type of art project, and a theater production. What argument would you make on the behalf of theater productions targeting Latino audiences, in other words, with a Latino theme? What, why do you think that that is particularly effective in reaching out to community audiences? Well, I know for Gala, and, and this is something I didn't touch on earlier, one of the other things that we do as far as, far as not just producing the work by Latino playwrights, but it is actually being directed and performed by Latino artists. So going back to the issue of depiction that we started this conversation with about the campaign by La Raza, yes. it is touching the fact that the people that, we are, that are interpreting the work, not to say that they're the only ones who can interpret the work, but what has happened in this country, it, 15 years ago, or more than that, but 17 years ago or so, there, I, was, I'm, um, I was president of one organization that, that did a study of, a, of the American theater, and we discovered that 95% of the cast on American stages were all white cast. They didn't reflect the population of this country. So not only were the works of, of artists of color or not being produced, presented, uh, Artists of color were not being, and women were not, the artists with disabilities were not being used in American stages. That does not reflect the country. So what Gala is is not just about presenting the work, but also who you use to interpret and to present that work. And so we provide an opportunity for Latinos to be seen in a profession that they are rarely seen out in certain stages around this country. Much progress has been made in this country that you see much more diverse cast and much, many more artists of color being produced. But it's still not enough. The role that GALA and GALA's play organization 
California, around the country, is to provide that place where Latino artists can be seen, can be developed, and can be supported on a consistent basis. Uh, well, in in Venezuela, I always one of my of my of my jobs is to find money, of course, for the theater, and I always, of course, tell them tell tell the, the institutions and people that that money invested in theater and and in the arts is the 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 money invested in the in the possibility that people learn that living is worth it, that poetry in their lives. It's use is 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 very important and and becomes part of their life. I mean, when you wake up in the morning, you look in the mirror, and then you know that things are not going well. That society it's it's is not clearing the path for your life. That you you are worried about the the destiny of your children, the destiny of your country, the destiny of your economy, and then suddenly poetry becomes very a necessity. And I think the theater, it's the place where we are doing the best poetry right now. So what, what I said is, look, you can't measure what you invest in, in arts. Of course not. I mean, you can say, well, I invested $2 million. Of course, that's a, that's a figure. But the, the consequences of that money, the idea that, that the country and a culture is proud of themselves because what they achieve through art is completely, completely, completely uh, infinite. Um, there, there will be the time when the Latino community in this country will realize that we have two Nobel Prizes, that we have a form of art like jazz, for example, that we have our own uh, civil rights movement, and we're very proud of our leaders. And then you will see the importance of the, of the arts and the importance of the thinking, the free thinking, and the importance of taking people out of their houses, turning off the TV, and going to the theater to think. Thank you, Abel and Gustavo, for joining us today from Washington, D.C. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. And to our audience, thank you for listening to Abel Lopez, who is Associate Producing Director of the Gala Hispanic Theater in Washington, D.C., and Venezuelan playwright Gustavo Ott, who discussed issues affecting Latinos in contemporary society, and Gustavo's new play, Your Molotov Kisses, premiering in the United States this month. Brought to you by Hispanic Marketing and Public Relations, HispanicMPR.com, providing you essential information on America's largest minority. Please share your suggestions, questions, and ideas by leaving a comment on the HispanicMPR.com website. If you or someone you know would like to be on the show, you can email me directly at editor at hispanicmpr.com. That's editor at hispanicmpr.com. For more information on how to reach Hispanics with marketing and public relations tools, visit our resources section at www.hispanicmpr.com. That's www.hispanicmpr.com.